You started your business to help others. Somewhere along the way, you lost the capability of doing it on your own. Imagine how much different your business would be with an extra $10,000. Would you pay your rent? Would you buy new equipment? Would you pay your coaches more? Would you pay yourself? What if you could do that and donate to others? We started our business to help you. Finally, a, a payment solution for the micro gym space. We are proud to introduce you to WheelPay, a platform that allows you to both save money and be generous. With giving partners like the Phoenix, the Navy SEAL Foundation, the Green Beret Project, and other charitable organizations, you can trust that your donations will make a massive difference in the lives of others. Saving has never been easier. Giving has never been easier. Pay better. Do better. We'll pay. We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Well, perfect segue. Jason is always cooking. He's a big fan of uh, bacteria bread or sourdough. <laughs> Nicole, before I introduce you, what do you think of that idea for a restaurant? All bacteria-based foods. I think it could turn some people off. <laughs> well, you got sourdough, you got kombucha, you got blue cheese maybe. But wait, let me, you, you got a pro setup. Are you looking at us on your computer but filming from somewhere else? We have a, a camera a little bit further away um, nice. than my computer being all up close, yeah. I think we're a very <laughs> amateur hour over here. I spend all day in front of my computer, so. Are you sitting or working. standing? I'm sitting. Mm, sitting is the new smoking, Nicole. I know. I did work out this morning, though, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I don't know, no one's really commented on this in our group, but I've been standing the last few meetings. No, Jersey Tony, I'm surprised you didn't say anything. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Nicole, that yeah. is the type of attitude we have here in our coaches development group. Did Jersey uh, Tony's wife put the mirror behind you? Jersey Tony. Um, so let me give Nicole a quick introduction. Founder, owner, Healthy Steps Nutrition. You also uh, have an affiliate there that started. Is that you? I believe you started with the affiliate. I started with the nutrition company and then we expanded to the affiliate four years after. Gotcha. And you are an RD, which yes. most people are not. Most people are just gurus. Self-made experts. Self-made experts, yes. And I think I met you a couple of years ago, maybe at the games. I think it was at the games. Yeah, and we've, we've talked, we've stayed in touch. You've, I believe we've, you've been on the podcast and, you know, someone that I just, I was on the Prior to this call, Christian and I were, were talking, and I think I've just always inspired and admire entrepreneurs, whatever the, whatever the field is, but you are 
uh, not only a great you know nutritional expert, but a, but an entrepreneur, and that's perhaps most exciting. And you're doing a great thing in the in the CrossFit space. So this is our little humble group, Nicole. You know, Thursdays we've we've had some great guests on. You may recognize some of the name. We had Chuck Carswell, and who else have we had? Coach Bergner, Austin, Federico. Who do we have that you like? Federico, like Denise Thomas. Denise Thomas. He's a big fan of Denise Thomas. I'm waiting for Chris Hinshaw. Cool. Hinshaw is coming on. What, what is it? Two weeks on the 28th? Yep. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm putting my marks on my calendar. Federico is in Italy, Nicole. So obviously you'll talk about spaghetti and lasagna and that type of stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> so as we do in this group, I don't know if you want to give yourself a little more of an introduction. I kind of, who's unmuted? Is that you, Matt? What's up? Yeah, you forgot to say that he has the best love story ever. Yeah, well, there's quite, there's quite a, is it a Ross Rachel for Friends, right? It's like a, we had a whole 12-week uh, love story with Federico, and I don't want to get too into it, but it, it ended well. It ended really well. As far as we know, that was a week ago now, Federico. So, Nicole, anything else you'd like to add before we kick it off to Q&A? Uh, no, just thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk to you guys today. I think as a coach, we are always on a quest to learn more. So thank you guys for investing your time into Jason's program and jumping on with me today to learn a little bit about nutrition. Yeah, you really nailed it. As much as we joke around, these guys are the forefront of the CrossFit world and CrossFit community. You know, they, they some of them, this is two in the morning. I don't see Sim on this call. Sim on the call, but it's probably, oh, there he is. Probably middle of the night in India, Sim. What time is it? It's 11.30. Yeah, 11.30 at night. You know, I'm fast asleep at that point. You know, and, and many of them level one trainers, not box owners. A few box owners on here. We got Ryan, uh, a potential couple other. Matt in the corner just passed his L3. So, you know, awesome. really good stuff. Who wants to? We typically have the virtual hands. Guys, Brady's not on this call, so someone's going to have to go first. <laughs> typically we can call him Brady and he will just come up with a question but I'll let these guys put their virtual hands up well maybe I'll ask a question to start oh, just to kind right. of get there to understand can I, can I switch things up yeah go for it why, why don't you guys raise your virtual hand if you guys do anything in regards to nutrition now um or regular hand that's fine too. actually you just know so what sim see. taught us yeah sim taught us a reaction so they can do a reaction how about you guys do that reaction oh. It's really cool. Cool. There we go. There, can you see? Okay. Can you see those? Yeah. Yes. Sim. Awesome. Sim. So it looks like about half of you. Well, slowly. The half of them are, okay. and then the other half are not good at technology, and they're looking for the reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Cool. Well, that, at least I know a little bit about. Uh, are we talking about nutrition? Are we not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Think as a sure. I mean, I'm. I'm. Any. Any question? You know as long as Nicole is comfortable answering them. Yeah. But obviously you're, you're our first nutrition expert that we've had on. Let me ask you a question to kick it off though, Nicole. I'm sure you ask that a lot. You know, who does something for their nutrition? What, what do you mean by that? Because that's a question I ask as well. And I mean, technically, don't we all do something for our nutrition? I, who talks to their clients about, I think there's a difference between engaging nutrition to a conversation into a class, for instance, like asking a question of the day regarding nutrition to all of your members and just get the conversation going. 
um, versus who is having a, a structured nutrition program where people pay you for nutrition coaching and you're providing more individualized guidance. If you're not doing anything right now, getting the conversation started in classes, I think is a really great strategy. Um, one thing that we do at our HQ location is we ask a question of the day related to nutrition um, once a week, at least. So like on Saturdays, we'll ask, what did you have for breakfast this morning? And everyone will go around and, and answer. And then as my husband's doing the warm up with everyone, he'll be giving people tips about, okay, are you guys looking at the nutrition facts of your breakfast? Are you having a balanced breakfast? Giving people some ideas. So they're just building nutrition into the culture. You know, I think the really cool thing about CrossFit is we understand that nutrition is a, is the foundation, but the application of making it the foundation is where there's such a huge gap for most coaches and gym owners, right? What's the most shocking breakfast you heard from one of your members? Gosh, you know, it's, I think there's a different conversation that happens when I'm there and when I'm not there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nicole's not going to find know. out about this, right? Yeah. You know, I think they all are, we build nutrition so much into the culture of our gym that everyone comes knowing like they should be having something. Right. And I, I think it's a really cool opportunity for us. To, like someone will mention a recipe that's on our website, like the double chocolate overnight oats, which is delicious. And then I'll just start talking about it. So then now more people want to try it and they leave and they go home and prep it. And it just gets the conversation, the conversation going for sure. Um, I mean, people have like weird stuff or maybe they're not eating breakfast at all. They're struggling during their workouts. And then it's a conversation of like, Hey, Maybe you do an experiment where you try eating before and see how you feel, see how much more energy you have. And again, just getting the conversation going in classes, I think is a really great first step. I, I love it. So, you know, you, you are really focused on nutrition, obviously. And I think it's as soon as someone goes to your website, which is kind of the window into your business, do, do you find that you attract more CrossFitters that want that? Or do you find that potentially it's scary? Like, Hey, I want to go to the gym, but I'm not ready to focus on my nutrition. And these people are going to yell at me. The way we talk about nutrition is so simple. And everything that we talk about in regards to nutrition is trying to keep it as simple as possible. And one thing at a time. So people seek us out for nutrition first, 90% of the time, and then we get them bought into the gym. So it's the opposite of what happens at, at most gyms. Um, but there's not really, there's not an option to start at our gym without nutrition. So our gym is a little bit more, um, a little different than, than most gyms, right? Cause most gyms are, people are coming in for fitness and then you're, you're getting them up, up selling them on nutrition. And at our, when I look at my ideal clients, I want people that want to, invest in themselves and dial in nutrition and fitness. Cause I know that's the best way to help them achieve their goals. So if you talk about nutrition in a simple way, I don't think you're going to, um, push people away for sure. But I, what I see what happens most of the time when I talk to gym owners is I go to their website, I go to their social media. There's not one thing about nutrition. And then they ask me, why am I not growing my nutrition program? And your followers, your members, your community is not going to prioritize nutrition if you don't. So if you look at your website and there's nothing about nutrition, don't be surprised when no one signs up for nutrition at your facility because they are thinking that you're just selling them on something instead of that really being the path to the best option to help them achieve their goals. I love it. Yeah. 
That makes total sense. Jason, you want to ask the first question? I do. Um, sorry, my AirPods aren't working that well right now. Um, so you kind of actually answered uh, my first part of the question about introducing uh, nutrition to the gym, just kind of in a casual setting. Um, I have my precision nutrition level one, so I, I do a little bit of nutrition coaching. Um, but uh, I found that a lot of times when I try to bring it up, it's definitely not in our culture that the conversation gets hijacked real quick. Like people start going, well, everyone's different and this works for me. And I, I you know, it, things just kind of go off the rails. So I want to see what you and Jason think about um, ways you can kind of keep that conversation simple and kind of more directed uh, because it just can go in so many places, especially in the class uh, setting in just that one hour. Yeah, I think that's a really great question. Are you a gym owner or a coach? I'm a coach. Okay, perfect. And I, I asked that because um, to me, it's really important that owners are bought into the program. Like their tone sets the tone for your entire business. So my first conversation would be with the owner and saying like, hey, where is the priority here so that we can be all on the same page and then getting the rest of the staff on the same page. So if you can get the owner and the staff speaking the same language about nutrition, then it's going to be easier to carry that conversation. The other thing I would say is start talking about things people care about. So I, what I used to do when I first started nutrition coaching, um, I would write down in the notes section of my phone, like what questions am I getting asked? And then from there, I would be creating content around those questions that are relevant. So the open's coming up, right? Like, could you start talking about nutrition for the open and fueling for your workouts? It's stuff that people care about. The other thing I would say is recipes are always a huge hit and simple recipes. So, hey, have you guys, who likes vegetables? Raise your hand. Or, hey, are you looking for a great way to cook vegetables that more people in your family will like them? Awesome. Have you ever roasted vegetables before? No? Super easy. Here's how you do it. Go try it and let me know what you think. So if you keep it simple and actionable, then, then it just starts building the culture, but it really starts from the owner and the other coaches getting on board. So you're all speaking the same language. What I found is um, in gyms where they struggle building nutrition programs, I truly believe no coach would not want to help their clients achieve the goals that they're looking to achieve, like, right? Like you guys are all investing in yourself right now to learn to help your clients have a better result at the end of the day and for you to become better. But if you don't feel comfortable talking about nutrition, you're not going to talk about it. You're going to be afraid that you're going to get a question you don't know the answer to, and then you're just going to skip over the conversation and, and move on. So if you make it part of the culture within your staff, and just let people know, hey, if you get a question that you don't know the answer to, that's okay. Like send people to me or let me know that this person asked a question and I can get back to them instead of not talking about it at all. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's, uh, I, I definitely can get some of the other coaches on board. The owner, it's, it, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. He gives us a lot of freedom to do just about whatever we want, um, whether it's programming or stuff we teach or whatever, but, uh, he couldn't care less. I, I, he, he runs a business and he likes to go out and it's, uh, it's not going to come from him. So it, it would be for me and some of the other coaches, but, uh, everything else, the content and all that, that's very helpful. Well, start there, start with the other coaches. <laughs> so, so let me ask you kind of two piggyback questions on that, Nicole, for those that are on here that are coaches and not box owners, obviously the beginning of just starting this conversation is key. 
are you know what are the first couple of steps they can take because it might be hard if, if you've been if you're at a box and they've never discussed nutrition and you walk up to somebody the response would be like do you think i'm fat or do you think i you know what why me right we're really we just know hey this is not only for aesthetics but performance and health etc so one what are maybe the first couple introductory question statements and then two if they are coaches what do you think is a fair split if they decide to start working one-on-one -on -one with clients because it's it's unique in the sense that you're not taking up floor space like a trainer but i do believe as as a box owner hey these are the clients i've spent money to bring in so there needs to be some sort of split so what are your answers to those questions yeah let me start with the first one so nutrition's not a topic at all like how do you get your foot in the door um Definitely having the conversation and sharing super simple tips. Jason mentioned that he he's done precision nutrition. I've personally done that. We have a partnership with them. I think that that's a great certification. We also built a CrossFit preferred course talking about a habit-based approach. So get some education, invest in yourself to understand how to talk about nutrition. Um, from there, it's just sharing simple tips. What do you do to help yourself stay on track? What are some simple things that you prep? What are things that do a day in the life. Hey, this is what I eat throughout the day. If you eat well, um, this is what I eat throughout the day. Here are some tips to help you. So people just start associating you with nutrition tips. And then it's, all right, let's build that authority. And then now let's ask for people to sign up for our nutrition program. Um, regarding compensation. So with our program, most gyms will pay their coaches four nights, but they're also the ones investing in the education, the ongoing mentoring and support. So 44.4% goes to the coaches. At our HQ location, we pay our nutrition coaches that 44.4%. I'm the one spending the dollars on marketing. I'm the one that's, you know, absorbing the cost. Yes, for nutrition coaching, there's not as many costs as coaching a class because you don't need a ton of equipment. Um, but they're under our insurance. We're passing the clients off to them. And when you charge appropriately for nutrition, you're still making a really good amount. Um, I would recommend if you're brand new to this, like you obviously need some education, but when you're building nutrition programs, look at not just doing a one-time consult. You want to build like a membership for nutrition coaching, like your gym membership. So you don't feel like you have to sell someone every single time they come in. It does not work well to build a nutrition program that way. I've tried it. It, it really is, is very slow. Um, so building a membership, we do a 12-week commitment um, for our nutrition coaching program at our gym. I, Jason, I don't know what you guys do um, with Own Your Eating. Do you guys have a commitment for your nutrition coaching program? Yes. Yes, we do. So having some type of commitment so you don't feel like you're having to sell them on nutrition every single time they come in and, and building it so that you have a streamlined way to manage your clients and you're not feeling like they're texting you, Facebook messaging you, emailing you, all of the, all of the communication. So you want to keep it as simple as possible for clients. I love it. Yeah, I think that's super helpful because as I said, many of the people on this call are trainers at a box and they need to at least have a jumping off point there to have that, you know, if, if you want to start doing some nutrition coaching and it's not happening, you know, to, to let the box owner know, Hey, here's what I'm going to charge. Is this a fair rate for me to give to you? Federico, you got an early question today. Yep. Actually it's a question for both Nicole and you, Jason. I'm not answering yes. questions today. Just Nicole. 
Okay, okay, only for Nicole. Do you think box owners should sell brachian shale amino acid and whey proteins and other pigs? Well, let me explain. We 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 tend to say eat real food, mostly plants, and and so on and so forth. But we tend to eat protein shakes and all the other stuff. And when our members watch us that we do, also they want to do. Do you think we should sell those kind of supplements or not? Um, great question. We also, at, at our nutrition program, we believe like eat whole foods first, but there is a role for supplementation um, for some people, especially people that struggle getting enough protein in. Omega-3s is another great um, thing to supplement with. I don't know how it is in Italy, but in the US, if you go to a supplement store, you're, sell you're sold like a million different things. I've had members of our gym come to me with bags of stuff they've bought because the people at the supplement stores are really good at selling. Um, they end up buying all this crap that they do they do not need and that's not tested. So having something in-house that you know is a good quality product, in my opinion, is, is definitely a way to go. We have a scent protein that we sell at our gym. I don't push it on people at all. Um, we talk about whole foods first, yet a lot of people aren't getting the protein they need in or branch chain amino acids, pre-workout type thing. I, I don't push that at all. Really the only thing that we um, guide people to whey protein, which is the gold standard for building lean muscle mass after a workout. Um, but I really think it depends on your client's goals too, right? Um, having something that is tested for sure is something that you want to recommend, whether you sell in-house or, or guide people to, if they ask, uh, and in the U S I don't know if it's the same way in Italy, there's a stamp on supplement products that are tested. It says informed choice and has a little check mark on it. The supplement industry is not tested. Companies have to pay a third party to test their supplements to say, okay, what's in this bag is actually on the label. And many companies don't spend the extra money doing it, or maybe there's stuff inside the bag that's not on the label and they'll get caught. So um, many companies don't, don't test their products. So if you are going to recommend something or your clients are asking, it's always good to have a trusted option that you can guide people to so they don't go to the supplement store and are, are sold on 50 different things that they don't really need. So do you think we should recommend some kind of su supplement if they don't reach, mm, let, let's say, the amount of, of protein per week? Yeah, so I try to do whole foods first, for sure, and guide people here. These are some high-protein snack options. Here's ways to add in whole foods for breakfast. But to fill in the gaps, hey, this whey protein would be a great thing to have after after workouts. We've done a lot of um, podcasts and different things with Precision Nutrition and Adam Fight specifically, who runs the athletic performance. I think he's been on your podcast. Yeah, Adam's Jason. awesome. Adam's an awesome yeah. guy. Uh, and he would say the same thing, right? Like you want to, you want people to get enough protein in. Most people do not get enough protein in. having them get a shake. If that's going to help them, then, then great. Um, but replacing whole foods with shakes is not something I would, I would guide people towards. That makes sense. Yeah, totally. Thank you. If I were going to piggyback, the only thing I would add to that Federico is in my experience as a box owner, I've only ever sold things that I actually 
took myself. Yes. So that'd be, you know, it sounds like Nicole was basically saying that, but yeah, it wasn't a supplement shop selling metrics bars and, you know, all sorts of crazy pre-workout. It was, you know, this is the protein I'm taking right now, whatever it was, and we're selling it for that, you know, for that reason. Yep. Agree a thousand percent. We don't sell anything at our gym that, that we don't take ourselves for sure. Yeah. And, and, and if you are going to sell stuff at your box, keep in mind, you and your staff will eat your profits most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> and we, when, we, when we started selling Kill Clip, I was like, I'm losing money. So, by the way, do you see those pineapple, the Rogan Kill Clips are like seven bucks? That's crazy. Have you guys seen that? What? Absurd. You saw it, Jersey Tony? Yeah, I have a subscription for Kill Cliff, but I only get the regular ones. I don't get that Joe Rogan infused, all that nonsense. Oh, drinking- by the way, Nicole, that the strawberry, the strawberry scent that just came out is amazing. Okay, so we have a recipe on our website that is a strawberry shortcake smoothie. It is, it, you know those like popsicles when you were a kid that tasted like a strawberry shortcake with like the crumbs? They oh, literally yeah. taste exactly like that. It is, I'm going to put it in the chat. You guys yeah, have to try Yeah, put the link in there. I didn't get the it's, strawberry one. They used to make a chocolate one too. Yeah. Had, but hey. Strawberry's really good. To throw that in there. Yeah. Anyway, Rogan was drinking one on his podcast and I was like, oh, I got to look this up. I was like, $7 for a kill club. This is crazy. All right. Tony UP. Hey, Nicole. Uh, just to kind of piggyback on Federico's question, what are your thoughts on some of the other more common supplements, creatine? Uh, pre-workouts, other random things that people buy at GNC. I mean, I, I know I use creatine um, and I'll, you know, throw some dextrose in a shake. Um, but some of these other things, you know, just from a nutrition standpoint, what do you think? I mean, caffeine even, you know, for pre-workout or coffee, not to. Yeah, I, I personally, coffee, but... for sure. I, I drink coffee, um, definitely. I think it really. <laughs> How much coffee do you drink a day, Nicole? too much it's not what's, good what's what's i don't want to hijack tony's question but what's the because i drink you know love coffee what's the threshold where you say this is more than you should be taking in yeah um that's a great question because i don't know that i practice what i preach there like i know it's not about practicing what you preach but what is yeah. your number so I drink about two and a half cups of coffee a day. Um, the half-life of coffee is eight hours. So if your clients have trouble sleeping and they're drinking coffee at night, that could be impacting their sleep for sure. Eight um, hours. So you still have half of it in you eight hours later is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Okay. That makes I didn't know that. Okay, cool. So if you if you're drinking coffee at night, it, even if your clients don't think that it could be causing them to struggle with sleep, it could be for sure causing them to, to not be able to sleep as well. Um, let's go back to this so wait, question. You, about, yeah, I was gonna say, don't avoid it. No, no, you've avoided, you say two and a half cups for you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I being honest because this is like 20 ounces. Is this a one cup or is this yeah, that's a lot. And I, I have about 20 ounces here too, right? Like what's a small Yeti? Yeah, the like Yeti, yeah. Ounces. Yeah, but, so. But cups, because I, I got a pour over kit for Christmas and I started Googling like how to do it. And all these people are making like 10 ounces of coffee. I'm like, who drinks only 10 ounces of, of coffee? Like that's a sip. Not me, for sure. Um, so two and a half cups. Too, like, 
on Zoom, you drink a lot more coffee. Like it's tough to stay engaged in a meeting on Zoom. Especially like, with I mean, these types of people on this call. No, yeah. you I guys mean, are awesome. Oh. Um, but oh. I, I think I'm in another meeting all day today. So I'm, I'm today's a, a good coffee day for me for I'm, sure. I'm sorry um, if these guys are boring you and you need to go do a shot of espresso after. Oh my gosh, uh, no, I'm excited to talk. I love talking about nutrition. It fires me up. Um, okay. Go ahead, we'll so answer Tony this- question, yeah supplements um what do you recommend for 99 percent of your athletes they're trying to lose weight they're trying to become the best versions of themselves they are not games athletes like we don't need to um uh, jersey level- jersey tony's on this call for the record jersey tony might jersey be tony at, is at a good. level guys I, I want you to know words hurt <laughs> you, know got 12 rounds. you got 12 rounds of a workout the other day i don't know if you saw it on dot com but he's kind of a <laughs> I'm furthest thing from it, man. So I think, you know, you would have to look at your client's goals, right? Like if it's a performance athlete, then yes, maybe dialing in a little bit more supplementation, a little bit extra um, would, would help them for most of our athletes, like most of our clients, every single one of our clients at our gym, like they don't need to be taking branch chain amino acids. They don't need to be taking all of this extra stuff. Like that's, it's not necessary. Um, for a pre-workout in a CrossFit setting, when your height, when your heart rate is getting jacked up during a workout, taking more that's going to jack up your heart rate, I don't think is the best, the most, the best recommendation for your clients. Um, you know, eat some protein and some carbohydrates before your workout. Stay hydrated. If you have a cup of coffee, great. Some of these pre-workouts have. 300 plus milligrams of caffeine in them, two cups of coffee worth. That is way too much for someone to be having right before they work out when their heart rate is going to get jacked up. Um, so just be mindful of what you recommend. If you have something like how much caffeine is actually in it, someone put in a, in a chat, um, it's about 150 milligrams of caffeine for one cup of coffee. So if you think like 300 to upwards, sometimes more, that could be two cups of coffee in one shake. If they did have coffee before that, that's just a lot of stimulus to your heart when you're already putting a lot of stress in your heart during a CrossFit workout. For those of you that take pre-workout, I would challenge you to take some time off because I was a big pre-workout guy many years ago and realized when I didn't take it, I actually performed way better. I mean, you know, for me, because your heart rate gets jacked up, like Nicole is saying, it's great for, you know, your bodybuilding workouts or, or maybe a heavy day where you're not going to purposefully, you know, be get, get metabolic, but, but man, you guys are off on the tangent about C4 over there. Let, hey, Nicole, let me, I, I know Jersey Tony has a question. Federico's got another question. Let me ask, let me give you some quick hits. I watched an episode of Joe Rogan recently at this doctor on big focus of mine right now is obviously just overall health with everything yeah. going on. Let me throw yeah. some vitamins at you that I started taking and, and you tell me your thoughts on them. Yeah. Right. What do you think the role of just D3 right now is? Vitamin D. I'm great. Um, there is a lot of research around D3, especially where you live, right? So if you are in a higher state that doesn't have a ton of sunlight, if you're not going outside um, where you would make D three, like where you make vitamin D absolutely supplementing people that are overweight or obese tend to have a vitamin D deficiency because vitamin D gets stuck in your fat cells and they're not able to use it. So absolutely for a lot of clients that are, that are struggling with weight issues, vitamin D, and even in general, it's not going to hurt you. I think that's great. How about vitamin C? Good. 
But I also think if you're eating, yes, having vitamin C, I think is, is a great option too. Um, I encourage my clients to eat different color vitamins or different color fruits and vegetables. So they're getting the vitamins and minerals that they need, focusing on whole foods first, looking at um, raw vegetables instead of just cooked is going to be a, a higher bioavailability of, of the vitamins that you're taking versus a supplement. Um, if your clients are just taking a ton of supplements, you end up peeing a lot of that out because you're not absorbing it. So whole foods first should be our, our recommendation, number one, but vitamin D and, and vitamin C, I think are, are fine. What about a probiotic? Yeah, um, I mean, we're getting down. So what I like to do with clients first is focus on let's make one small change of let's get you eating more healthy foods first, and then let's dial in the details with all of the other things a little bit more down the line. A probiotic's not going to hurt anyone for sure. Um, I will look for one that's tested because in the supplement industry, right, you don't really know what's in that probiotic is actually what's on the label, um, but it, it's not going to hurt you by any means. Like, great. Yes, absolutely. So, but what you're saying is for most people, not for most people, for all people, none of that stuff matters until you fine tune your nutrition. Let's start with the basics of eating more. Like if you're eating fast food and crap all day, having a probiotic is not going to like push you to be this super healthy individual, right? Uh, let's start with getting more healthy food first. I think, you know, what you're saying about, um, you know, there's a huge trend with people wanting to be healthier right now and understanding like what they really need to do. Uh, I personally, I don't know if you've seen like the continuous glucose monitoring things that a lot of people have done. Uh, I'm wearing one right now, just testing what's going on on the inside of my body after I eat certain foods and comparing it to how I'm sleeping and how I'm recovering. Like there's so many different factors. Uh, most people have no idea what's going on in the inside after they eat a certain food. And it is Super eye-opening, I'll, I'll just say that for sure. Yeah, my wife was doing her glucose many times throughout the day because of the pre pregnancy. So it was interesting to see how her body reacted to A, different foods or exercise. So there used to be this idea of outworking a crappy diet. Do you think people this day and age are trying to out-supplement a crappy diet? <laughs> I think the supplement indus industry is a billion-dollar industry where companies do a really good job making people think that if you take a supplement it will counteract other things that you're eating and that's not the case when you look at at the science <laughs> makes sense jersey tony i know you had a question hey nicole thank you for taking time out of your day uh for us yeah. so um i guess the question i have is more um methodologies of nutrition so i mean I, I i'm asking for myself let's just put it that way and because I, I like to do try it and then i can suggest it so i've done paleo i've done keto um a friend of mine has suggested the carnivore diet and who's on the top left of this call and i'm doing some research on it and i really wanted to get your thoughts behind it um just to see what 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 you've heard, what you've thought of, any suggestions? Use that term friend loosely, Tony, huh? I, you know uh, what, man? I, I, shoot or shoot, <laughs> right? You know, I think there's no harm in experimenting and trying things and see how you like it. When you're working with clients, 
the more simple you can make their program, the easier it will be for them to follow, the more likely they'll stick with it long-term. So many people try different diets and they go all in and try to change too much at one time. And it ends up leaving them back 10 steps from where they started from because they, they do all this stuff. And this is like the standard challenge, right? You do a million things. And then day 31 of your 30 day challenge, they're right back to pizza and beer and all one bad weekend turns into another year until the next challenge. Um, so our philosophy at HSN is focus on one thing at a time, keeping it simple, focus on adding more healthy things in instead of saying, oh, you can't have all of this. If I tell you, you can't have a cookie now, all of a sudden everyone is wanting a cookie right now. And you're going to figure out how the heck you can get one. But if we just say, hey, I want you to focus on adding more vegetables in. Here are some awesome ways to add vegetables into your diet. Here's some easy, simple tips. Let's do that first. And then once you're consistent with that thing, let's add the next thing to the plate. Is the carnivore diet bad? No, I think it's actually going to decrease inflammation. And, and I think that there's some really good benefits. Is it really extreme for 99.9% .9 of the population? Absolutely. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, and, you know, he's referring to me, Nicole, Thank you. In, case, in case you didn't know that. But yeah, I think it is extreme, but that's the part of me that likes it. You know, it's so extreme that it's easy. You know, we, we talk about those concepts of simple, complex, simple. It's on the far side. It's like, is it yeah, me? Where the, where the F do you buy beef talent? I mean, I, I'm, I'm not trading. Get that the grocery store. It's just, really? get key. Yeah. Just, or I just save, save your fat when you cook something. I remember going and speaking at a barbells for boobs event and Z was doing the carnivore diet um, for like months before I had gotten there. And uh, she ended up eating carbs while I was there and then was sick for two days because her body had downregulated all of those enzymes. So just keep that in mind. If you go super extreme and then you try to like, if Jason had not had any type of, if he was falling strict carnivore for a while, and then he went and had pizza, he probably would feel like crap after like way worse than normal because his body has downregulated a lot of those enzymes to break that food down. So if you're going to go extreme, just make sure that you are talking to your clients about the process of going and then undoing it if they decide they don't want to do it. Yeah. And people ask me, Hey, do you have cravings? And I say, yeah, but at this point I'm worried about what would happen if I eat that, you know, I'm truly like, I, I realized for one, my body is very allergic to cheese. And I never knew that or any dairy really. So I'm like, if I, you know, I, when my wife gets crumbled cookies, I'm like, of course I want one, but it's easier <laughs> to say no when I'm worried about how my body would respond. And I have brought back in about 400 grams of fruit every day. So I okay. do have, so I, I do have some, some fruit, Tony. I mean, Nicole. All right. Um, let's go back to Jason. I think Federico was waiting longer than me. Yeah, but I always like to wrap up with Federico. He always has a good <laughs> bomb at the end. So I always like to save him for the end. Definitely could be better in my mind. All right. So I, I know with clients, like, it's not so much. Oh, I totally have a nerd question, Matt. Um, with clients, the importance of food quality, you know, you think more getting control of quantity first and then kind of going to quality, I would think would be more important. So part one is, you agree with that um and part two that there's without having the you know your level of education behind me you know i just had the pm1 um there's so much uh, data and research about um 
whether it's say like GMOs or, or organic and all that kind of stuff, there's like fights and research on both sides of it. And it's a very confusing thing because everyone has a, a PhD behind them and claiming by their research. And it's hard for essentially the lay person to figure that out. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on, you know, GMO, organic, all that uh, quality stuff versus kind of conventionally raised and grown food um, just, just in general. So I think it really depends on where a client's starting from. If they're starting from no vegetables at all and no fruit, then having something is better than nothing. If they're already having some vegetables and, and a priority for them is, is food quality, then yes, of course. Personally, we buy organic. We don't have some of those high GMO foods at our house, but that, that's important to me. Um, and we've already dialed in a lot of the, the other details. Um, when you're talking about is what's more important, quality or quantity, I think that they're both important. For me, I think the quantity side is really confusing for a lot of people. If you say, hey, I want you to meet these macros, like people don't even know what a macro means, let alone how to meet it for the day. Um, so what we do is we talk about adding more healthy foods in. I, I talk about the plate method. I show people with their hands, what do portion sizes look like? So no matter where they are, if they're going out to eat, making a plate at home with whatever they have, they can make a balanced plate. You know, when I first became a dietitian, I, I was obsessed with the metabolism side of it. And I think as coaches, we can all relate to this, right? Like when you go through level one, level two, even like Jason's level of knowledge, which I would put it as a 10 out of 10 of, no. of super knowledgeable about CrossFit and oh, fitness, CrossFit, yes. CrossFit, yes. It, 11. and fitness 11 in general, 11. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure he can get super technical, but he's going to relate with more people. If he says, push your butt against the wall, Hey, squeeze your stomach instead of like, Hey, I want you to do the X, Y, and Z to get this stimulus and this, whatever. Like if you keep it simple for people, they're going to understand and they're going to feel more confident. So I, to me, like I don't use any of the, the metabolism knowledge that I got in getting my master's in nutrition. Like I don't use any of that. I learned more from the PN and coaching clients and working with clients in practice than I did getting my master's in nutrition and becoming a dietitian. But what I've found is the more simple you keep it, the more confident your clients will feel, the easier it is for them to stick with it long-term. Keep it simple. If you're not even sure how to do that, we did start a podcast called Nutrition Made Simple this year, and we talk about something simple related to nutrition every single week, and take those tips and use them with your clients. <laughs> Where can they find that? Everywhere? Yeah, everywhere. Nutrition Ooh. Made Simple. You say we. Who's the other person? Um, myself and our director of nutrition education, um, Ashley Osterman. But then we interview different people who had really great success stories every other week. So um, yeah, it's, it's a fun little project that we started. Very cool. Okay, we got a first time question from Hannah. Hannah, all the way in Hawaii, you gonna be able to unmute and okay. you wanna come on video or do you wanna? Well, I'm getting my hair done today and I have curly hair. I've got a, I've got a huge afro right now, so I don't wanna go on video. All right, we get you, Hannah. <laughs> So my question is, what do you do with clients or family members that have an extreme addiction to food and yet they want to lose weight, they, their job asks them to lose weight, and you've tried to point them in the right direction, you've tried to even go to the extremes of cooking for them, um, sending them recipes, uh, what do you do when you're just out of 
when you're depleted, right? Yeah. <laughs> I believe I know this person now. For them is full. <laughs> is this someone I know? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, I can definitely relate to where you're coming from. My father-in-law, um, he was actually on forks over knives, has a true addiction um, to food. And we have all tried, including me, to, to help him. And unless they want to help, it, it is really tough. Um, what, some things that, that we've done in, in the past and, and just sometimes if it's a family member that's really close to you, having a third party help is actually better because you could end up like getting a, a rough with, with that person because you are trying to help, but then maybe your help is not the way that they're, they're responding well. So having someone else kind of work with them is sometimes beneficial and asking them like, how can I help you? What can I do to support you? Like, yes, I'm here to support you. Of course, I understand why you want to get healthy, but coming from you, how can I help you? Um, and figuring out what's going to be the best way that, that they can respond uh, is, is something that's worked well in the past for us. It sounds like if it's someone that's really close to you, you're probably on board. So it's something, you know, that they're, they're struggling with that that's close to you. So if they're, if you guys are eating the same foods and then they're going and, and eating more later or something like that in regards to addiction, you know, what's causing them to do that? Is it their form of stress relief? I think a lot of people use food as comfort or stress relief. And let's be honest, it's been a super stressful season that we've been in. Um, so helping clients navigate, what else can you do to manage stress? For a lot of people, it's exercise. So can you go out for a walk? Are they, are they going to the kitchen because they're bored? Um, if you are bored and you want something, can you have something that's a little bit healthier for you? I have raw peppers cut up in my fridge and bags of them. So if I want a snack, I, I will easily go grab that if it's not really like a time to, to eat. So I think you just have to get creative, but sitting down with the, the person and saying, asking them, how can I help you and figuring out the root cause behind what what the addiction looks like will be helpful if it's stress relief. Then again, helping them navigate other healthier forms of stress um, and helping them really understand their why. Like, why do they want to, to lose weight or get in better shape and, and really bringing them back to their why is, is an important piece of the process that you can do as a coach with your clients. Love it, Nicole. That's great advice there. And I think you know, that's something that we've discussed very early on, you know, understanding your why. Miles. Hello. Hello, Nicole. Thank you for uh, joining us and answering our questions. Yeah. Um, my uh, New, Year, New Year's resolution was to get better sleep. I've really been struggling with getting quality sleep. And I just got done reading a book and they really suggested uh, a high quality supplement of magnesium. Now, so far, it's been going really well but I've changed some other variables. I wanted your opinion on the magnesium supplement and also maybe some foods to help me with my, my sleep. Yeah, that's a great question. Magnesium definitely does, does help with sleep for sure. There's, there's proven science behind that. Um, doing this continuous glucose monitoring experiment that, that we're doing. So I have a machine in my arm right now um, through levels and the guy who started it, actually he's a CrossFit athlete as well. Um, I can track to see what I'm eating and then compare it to how my blood sugar is and how I'm sleeping. And what we found, and there is trends with this is when you eat a lot of carbohydrates at night, or even 
just higher carbs or sugar at night. Um, it tends your, it tends to make your fasting blood sugar elevated all night, which causes you to lower your amount of sleep. So, or have decreased quality of sleep. So I would look at what you're eating late at night too, or just even for dinner, if you're having like a big pasta meal or even let's say pizza or, or even ice cream or, or a dessert that could cause your blood sugar to be elevated all night and, and impact your sleep for sure. Um, so I would, I would look at kind of correlating what am I eating at night to how am I sleeping too, which I honestly had no idea that was, that would be the case. That was one of the surprising things that I found by, by wearing this testing machine. I appreciate that. And that's, that's interesting because lately I've been hearing a lot of uh, talk through, I guess, more internet influencers who saying that, you know, timing's not that important and, you know, maybe oats before you go to bed, you know, with some, uh, maybe some casein pro protein will help you uh, better. And so I was implementing some oats, but now it's like a decaffeinated tea. That's about it, but I appreciate your input. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I think for every person, it's a little different too. Like my blood sugar is more sensitive. My husband wears the same machine and we eat the same thing. And then we test like, what's my sugar doing versus his sugar? Like we're super nerdy. Um, so I know that his blood sugar goes not up as high. My blood sugar will go up higher and stay up higher longer than, than his will. So, I mean, just see if you have any correlations, but if the magnesium's working well, then awesome. Stick with it. I mean, there's other things that you can do regarding sleep habits too. We have a podcast episode on sleep and nutrition, um, kind of having a good wind down routine and jotting things down. So you don't have a ton of stuff running in your brain, put, turning off the electronics, having a dark room, keeping it chilly. Like there's a lot of things that you can do to set up your room for success, not just what you eat in supplementation. Can you back off that, Nicole? Do you, do you find there's a threshold for time similar to caffeine you know for example with switching to carnivore I, I tend to snack less and obviously have less carbs pre-bed but i have definitely noticed if i eat closer to bed it takes me longer to fall asleep and i don't get as deep asleep do you notice or do you know of a a, a recommended time frame hey try to not because, you know, calories are different after eight o'clock as people seem to think there are, but more so for sleep quality. Yeah, I think for people, it's definitely different. We tried to recommend not eating within three hours of going to sleep, but you're right. And I noticed the same thing with myself and a lot of our clients do too. And I, I like to pose things as experiments, like, Hey, why don't we try this? Instead of saying like, Hey, this is the black and white answer for every single person. There's not one size fits all model for nutrition for every single person. So, Hey, try doing this and see how you feel and then report back to me. And then let's notice the changes that better or worse. Right. Yeah. So just testing things, just like, you know, it, exactly. that, that's really what it comes down to for most of these nutritional pieces of advice, right? Test it, see if it works. Exactly. Yep. I put the podcast link in the chat. Someone asked about it. Is that the, that's your original podcast and then there's a, a new one as well. The original podcast is called um, Grow Your Nutrition Business. That okay. one is geared towards coaches and owners. So that one actually would be a great one for you guys to listen to too. Every single week, we put a new episode out regarding building a nutrition program. Um, most of the time, it's specifically related to gyms just because that's the audience that listens to it. This new one is really 
more towards client facing. So things that you're, that you could listen to that would help your clients, or you could just send it to, to your clients too. Very cool. So I know we saw Federico's question. Any other questions before we get to Federico? All right, Federico, take us home. Do we have time for two, two questions? The, uh, yes, yes. Are you good okay. with that, Nicole? Sure. He's a quantum okay. mechanics study, <laughs> okay, so okay. Care, but these are going to be intense. If, so, if someone trains, let's say, at, at dinner time, what approximately do you re recommend to eat? after workout, a lot of carbs or moderate carbs, high proteins, what? Yeah, so having a balance of carbs, protein, and if, if they're eating like that's their dinner, have some fat too, absolutely. I mean, what I don't think is the best option for clients if they're eating late to save like half of their calories for the day for after dinner, right before they go to bed, that probably going back to our sleep question and what Jason um, and Miles were both saying, if you're eating a huge meal right before you go to bed, it, it probably will affect your sleep at some point. Um, so I would say making sure that they're getting a balance, getting, you know, fueling their body throughout the day and then having a balance of carbs, proteins, and vegetables, healthy fat as, as a dinner, a lot of our clients, depending on like the ones that, that do night workouts, they'll bring a protein shake and have half of it before a workout, half of it after, um, and then go and eat and then eat dinner later. It, it depends too. Like if your client's working out in the, in the evening, are they going and running some errands and doing other things before they get home? Like, let's get something in our body. It, it, I think it really just is a personal question on what clients' routines are. If they're going right home and having dinner, then they don't necessarily need to have protein shake right after, right? Okay. Yeah. Second question is about what you said before. You, you say that um, the general population just need to eat before the workout some carbs and protein, right? So when you're talking about what to have around your workout, fat slows down digestion. So if you have a bunch of fat before your workout, you're not going to be able to use that for energy. Jason right now is doing carnivore. So his body is burning fats and protein, not carbohydrates for his workout. So, uh, but the general population having some carbs and some protein before your workout, liquids are faster digested than solid food. So if your client says like, I feel nauseous if I eat before my workout, okay, not a problem. Let's try some liquids. Maybe you do a, a Greek yogurt or an applesauce with a little bit of protein powder or um, some a half of a protein shake or a smoothie, something that's liquids over solid food will, will help clients um, that feel like they get nauseous if they eat right before their workout. My question was more about how protein can improve your workout because um, I know that, pro that protein split into amino acid and some amino acid do produce, okay, no transform into glucose, but this reaction is too slow to happen before a workout. Yeah, How so you're- Can improve your, your workout. So really what's gonna help you improve your body's main source of fuel during workouts is carbohydrates. So having the carbs before um, is 
what you really want want to focus on. I'm not saying eat a, a donut or have like a giant bowl of fruit before you work out. I'm sorry, uh, Matt. Um, you want to, yeah. So I understand what you're saying. Our recommendation, um, having a little bit of protein, carbohydrates around your workout. Most people, especially if they're working out in the morning, having something instead of coming to a workout fasted, so they have a little bit of energy is actually going to help them perform. Um, and overall for the day, if people aren't eating consistently, it's going to be tough to hit your protein goals. The question that I get asked often by CrossFit coaches and just at CrossFit athletes in general, like, does it matter if I have a shake more than it does what I eat for the day? And um, just because you have a shake after your workout and you're not fueling yourself throughout the day is not going to help you perform even better. Like you, you should care more about what you're having and the quality of what you're having throughout the day than just what you had right after your workout, if that makes sense. So I care more about what clients are doing for the whole day than just having a protein shake. Like that's not a band-aid that's going to cover up a, a crappy diet, if that makes sense. <laughs> yep, totally. Yeah, have, have you ever had to have a conversation? And you know, one of the things I see a lot these days is the post-workout Sour Patch Kids or, you know, the sugary foods. And yeah. I've always, I always try to tell people like, you're not good enough at this CrossFit thing to be taking in Sour Patch Kids. Like you don't deserve those. You didn't work hard enough. You know, it's, you know, and it, how, how do you approach those types of people that try to like get so sciencey and it's like, you're gonna drink all weekend. You know, like yeah. don't worry about these 30 grams of carbs you think you need after a eight minute fram. Yeah, yeah, yes. What would you say um, to them in a nicer way than I do? Yeah. You know, I think, Hey, what are your goals? Let's go back to your goals. And people don't understand what sugar does in the body. Like they have no idea how that's going to impact and inflammation and all these things. Yes. Your body and your cells are more responsive to glucose. So if you're going to have sour patch kids, having them after your workouts better than first thing in the morning or late at night, for sure. Um, but that's not a excuse to have shitty food and sorry for my cursing crappy food. We're used to it. We're used to it on here. Actually, I was watching, do you guys watch that thing on Netflix? Like, shitty's not even a bad word anymore. <laughs> um, people were like, <laughs> thanks, Matt. Christian, I, think, I saw your hand was up. Did you take it down? Yeah, I did. I mean, you, you basically answered my question. I was, I was going to ask about uh, um, her, her opinion on like that. Uh, a lot of people talk about that one hour, like anabolic window after workout and replenishing your glycogen stores. Um, but she basically answered that, answered that question is like, if you're eating shitty throughout the day, what does that really matter? Well, I think it goes back to the supplement question as well. Like, Hey, you're worrying about this little tiny thing. There's so many other, like worry about whole foods, worry about your sleep. Like miles asked about, you know, worry about all these other, then I, I think it, you know, my opinion is it's, it's like I said, people try to out supplement, like you're, you're doing this because the hard thing is to eat well seven days a week and not go yeah. crazy on the weekends. And more importantly- and it's not people's fault. Like I, in my opinion, it's not their fault that they think Sour Patch Kids is appropriate because they see someone with a six pack who's doing that and they think I can get a six pack by doing that. So you have to like help them understand, hey, 
Whole Foods, what they're not posting about is the meals that they prep for breakfast, lunch, dinner every single day. They're, what's sexy and what's fun is the donut after the workout. Um, so just helping people understand, yes, there's a place if you want to treat, have it, let's move on. But don't use your workout as an excuse to out exercise bad diet. Yeah, I think, you know, people see the Matt Frazier's and the Tia's and they're like, oh, they do this. I'm like, they also sleep 10 hours a night. They have a massage therapist on call. Like Matt yeah. got a bed delivered to his hotel. They don't have three kids and two dogs and one that pisses and two guinea pigs everywhere? Yeah, work for exactly. iHeartRadio. You know, they don't, you know, they're not doing that. Uh, Tony UP, yeah. last right. question. Yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, carb loading for like long endurance events? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, when you look at the science behind carb loading and what most people do, and I, I work with all of the, we have a huge gymnastics facility at our, at our, um, in our town and they breed college gymnasts. And this is a question that comes up with their parents. Cause they're like, I'm going to give my kid the night before a meet is a big bowl of pasta. And it's going to help them perform better. I'm like your kid is doing a two minute floor routine and they don't need that. But your body takes a long time to adjust to get to a point where you store more carbohydrates. So just eating a bunch of, of food right before the meat is not going to actually help you store more carbohydrates. It's going to be stored as fat. And most people do not understand that. And going back to what we were talking about before, that's not the sexy answer. So the people don't want to hear that. Um, so carb loading, unless you actually like follow the process of slowly getting to a point where you really are carb loading, is absolutely pointless day before the meet. Right. And like, I meant more like, um, so every year I do a, a 50 kilometer ski race, cross country ski race. And like what I did last year was like the whole week before, uh, I would bump up my carbohydrate intake just so I could carb load for that. You know, is a week too short? You know, how long are we talking here? It takes your body uh, quite some time, like very much longer than a week to adjust, to be able to store the carbohydrates. Um, yeah. So, so I was just stuffing bread down my throat for no reason. I'm sure you really enjoyed it though. <laughs> it's a lot of bread. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. But these yeah. are the kind of questions that come up. Like this is the stuff that, that comes up often because people the way things are marketed and um, the way what sounds really good doesn't always really work in, in practice. Nicole, can I get that glucose monitor? I just want to, uh, what was the yeah. one that you're, yeah, the one yeah. she's wearing? Yeah. No, you don't just send, yeah, I'll, I'll give you my address. You could send it to me. Uh, the, the brand. I came, yeah. I came across wrong. I want to be on you. Uh, um, <laughs> oh god um it's called levels is the company that that we use let me they actually don't have it to the public um oh, look at her but we have Man. a link i'll send it i'll send it to jason um and then maybe yeah. he can get it out you don't want to give you. him your email address nicole. no no it's it, you guys can <laughs> thank you very much tell me questions it's nicole at healthystepsnutrition.com um i don't have it super handy right now but i would be happy to send it over to you it's it's been a really cool experiment and we publicly made it so we had a lot of engagement about people asking about it and just kind of enlightening people. So if you do do something like this, I would highly recommend that you just make it public and let people understand the journey so that they can learn something through you by doing it. At least that's what I did. So can you show it a little bit more than what you've done? 
So it's the exact system um, that diabetics use. So I can literally scan from my phone and see at any moment what my blood sugar is. And it tracks every three minutes. So I only have to scan once every eight hours. And then it, I can go back and look at my blood sugar any three minutes. It's super, um, like it didn't hurt to put on. I don't feel it. It's perfectly fine. The cool thing about this company is that it rates the food that you eat. So like on a scale of zero to 10, what's the best? What's the worst? I'll tell you that an acai bowl, which I get asked about every single time I talk about nutrition was rated a one. So my blood sugar went up super high and stayed up high from something that's marketed as healthy. And that th that is the exact example of why we wanted to do this because there's so many foods that are marketed as really great that cause a huge inflammatory response and people get super excited about eating an acai bowl every day, but don't realize the honey, sugar, all this other crap that's in it is, is causing you to have an inflammatory response that you don't even realize. Sorry, Matt. Matt's in uh, Brazil over there. It's a big uh, Brazilian. Brazil acai is very different than the acai you get in the U.S. That's too sweet late. You already said it's bad. <laughs> nah, yeah, I mean, I love I love acai every day, every time if I can. It's it's, funny, yeah. Your acai is very different than ours. I know it is. I used to live there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is funny though. This I, I mean the idea that so many things are marketed as healthy like that. Yeah, it's like a big bowl of sugar, basically, but people think they're eating well. Well, And that's where you as a coach can come in and going back to what we were talking about with how do you incorporate this into a gym, those simple tips will open people's eyes and let them understand, hey, I'm not feeling well. I've hit a plateau. I am getting tired during my workouts. I have these afternoon crashes. What is actually causing it and help connected you guys can help connect the dots with where nutrition fits into their plan for achieving their health and wellness goals very cool hey sim since you seem to be grabbing these will you grab all the links nicole has posted and throw them in the uh, slack group please so we'll make sure they don't because i think they'll disappear otherwise after we get off of this so sim will, sim will compile I'll, them there. i'll send you an email too with okay. some links and whatever's missed i'll throw in there um, and I'll, I'll make sure Tony doesn't get it. So and we, we appreciate you coming on, Nicole. That was super insightful. And I, you know, one thing that I pick up from that is coaching nutrition is no different than coaching fitness, right? Keep it simple, lead by example, and, and meet people where they are. Absolutely. All right. Well, Nicole, it's um, tradition around here for everyone to leave awkwardly <laughs> at the end of every call. What they're gonna do is unmute and they're gonna say a little something to you. So at some point we'll just disconnect or feel free to hang up whenever whenever you want, but uh, they're gonna slowly say their goodbyes. But we appreciate you coming on as always, You know, super insightful, super knowledgeable. And um, I'm sure many people will reach out to you to find out how they can start incorporating more of their box. So thanks again. Awesome. Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Bye, guys. Yeah, he does. It's always that awkward ending phase that Fern says. This is so weird. You've made it <laughs> yes. way weirder. Thank Jason, you, Nicole. I don't think it's weird. I think you think it's weird. <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. Uh, bye, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you. Bye. I told you. Bye. 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 She, she was smart. She got off this call. Wait, that was really awkward. <laughs> 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 I'm getting all text.
Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> See you in the group. I'll post that. I'll post all those links. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.